Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Crazy to say, but the last day of the week, can't wait for the weekend, and hardly ever am I wishing the time away, but excited that Thanksgiving is here. Welcome in, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Also very excited to be here with you today. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Ton to get to today. It's the last day of the week. We're taking Thursday and Friday off, partly because it's Thanksgiving, also partly because we got to work on this Saturday for the first time in a long time. Been a couple years. Last time that uh, the Montana schools, either one of them, played in the first round of the FCS playoffs, came in 2018. When the Cats played Incarnate Word over the Thanksgiving weekend, and the Grizz didn't make the playoffs. Since then, the Cats a semifinalist in 2019, and the Grizz a quarterfinalist. And then last fall, the Cats went to the national championship game, and the Grizz made the final eight again. And uh, both of the last two years, both the Cats and the Grizz each got first round buys. Well, five teams from the Big Sky playoff, uh, Big Sky Conference, excuse me, are into the FCS playoffs, and one of the first round games is Saturday night here in Missoula. So by the time uh, we are sitting down there at Washington Grizzly Stadium at 8 p.m. on Saturday night, there'll be plenty of big sky action. So because of that, sometimes we have a Friday show during the Thanksgiving weekend, but I want to take Friday off because I know myself, Andrew Houghton, we're going to be uh, grinding away. It'll be a great time. It'll be very fun. Uh, but it's going to be a big day of football on Saturday because you got Idaho at southeastern Louisiana. You have um, Weber State hosting North Dakota, both those games Saturday afternoon. And then you have... Montana hosting Southeast Missouri State on Saturday night. So uh, we're going to get you all set up for that. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, will join us right off the top here, uh, as he does most Wednesdays. We're also going to break down uh, the the Grizz game and the FCS playoffs with Ty Gregorak. The, he is a longtime assistant coach throughout the Big Sky Conference, and now he's on the color commentary for the Bobcat TV broadcasts. Caught up with Ty for our weekly bit for the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. And uh, we're just going to play about half of our discussion uh, from that interview earlier today. We also have some free wings for you, Wing It Wednesday, like we do each Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. About 445, we got a dozen wings coming up, uh, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Tom Bakusiewicz, who's the uh, head coach of Southeast Missouri, uh, I sent a, a, a request to get him on the show today, and sometimes you have to have some flexibility with these coaches. That's totally understandable. Uh, but it was sort of a hard deadline. We needed to have it by today, obviously, because we're not on the show uh, tomorrow or Friday. Didn't hear back from SEMO. So I had planned on having a uh, FCS playoff Grizz-style uh, ESPN roundtable. But instead, the uh, Big Sky Conference, all Big Sky teams are out. Uh, the news of the day, Brett Vegan, Montana State head coach, co-head coach of the year there uh, in the Big Sky Conference. Sean Chambers, transfer from Wyoming, was the newcomer of the year. Cameron Scadaboo of Sacramento State, the offensive MVP. Uh, Manu Marte, the uh, nickelback for Sac State, controversially the defensive MVP. Javante McCoy, the freshman of the year, uh, the quarterback at Idaho. And then uh, a smattering of, of all big sky selections for both the Grizz and the Cats. Grizz landed six guys on the first team. Cats landed four guys on the first team. 
That in itself is controversial, so we will debate that and more uh, during our ESPN roundtable at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And then we got our great friend Carol in the Tigodos No Sports swinging by, so we'll do that um, about 5.15 and 5.30, split it up into two different deals here. But that'll get you through the middle of your 5 o'clock hour, and then we'll get you all set up uh, for the Thanksgiving weekend. So there you go. It's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. First of all, uh, two things before we get to Sam Herter. First of all, uh, if, if you've been noticing, if you're watching on uh, either the TV or the app, I got a lot of new uh, polos here. Uh, I got some sweet ESPN Radio logoed polos. Got some Nuanas now on the uh, on the sleeve. And uh, these all this gear is courtesy of Graphic Imprints. And uh, Graphic Imprints is based in Billings, but they do have a, a sales rep here, Nate Dolan. Nate played for the uh, the Grays back in the mid-1990s and uh, been a guy out and about town for forever, and uh, they do a great job. So thanks to Graphic Imprints for our gear, uh, graphic-imprints.com. That's the website. Or you can email Nate at nate at graphicimprints.com to uh, inquire how maybe you can get some gear for your business, for your brand. It's important. The other thing I got to say is uh, – there's some stalwart businesses here in Missoula, and the the tight-knit nature of the community here in Missoula, and this is not uncommon for Montana towns, but Missoula has particularly friendly and particularly welcoming people, and uh, at least until recently, certainly, and I'm not saying we don't have this still, but a, a stark sense of community and a, a great pride in the community, and Missoula's a great town, and I know a lot of people love this town and uh, and fight for this town and volunteer on behalf of this town, and uh, that's what makes it such a vibrant, cool place to live. But there's some places in town that are like institutions. And, and one place I went in earlier today, which is such an awesome place, and reminds me so much of my old man. And I uh, always miss him big time during the holidays. But I went in a grizzly boot today. And uh, my cowboy boots, I had gotten them. Uh, I, I wear them a ton. And uh, so I got the like the undercarriage of the toe ripped off a little bit. And so I went in there. They patched them up for me. So sweet. They had done the original resole. And uh, so, you know, he said, it's all good for you, Charge. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, but that's the type of thing that makes small towns go around, man. And I really hope that with the boom in population in Montana and uh, the exposure we've received and, and how everybody's kind of found out our little secret here in the Treasure State, that's great. Come on. But you have to acclimate to the way of living around here. And part of that is just knowing your neighbors. And, and knowing, like, I know that Grizzly Boot is the, the place to go get my boots fixed. I know that. And uh, I've known that since I was a little kid because I used to go in there with my old man all the time. So I uh, appreciate those folks down there for helping me out. But I hope that's the thing uh, that lasts here in Missoula. Okay, enough of that. Let's talk some football. What else is new? Uh, it, it is uh, reaching a fever pitch now as we're into the postseason. And the energy seems to grow each week uh, as the season goes on. And it certainly came to a head in Bozeman last week. And that energy was seized and then completely controlled uh, by Montana State, not only in the football game, but from uh, before the sun rose there in the Gallatin Valley till well well after the sun set, I thought Montana State totally seized the day and uh, totally embraced the moment and what a landmark moment for their university. And uh, so we'll talk about that and the SCS playoffs with our next guest, Sam Herter, Hero Sports. He joins us each Wednesday, and he was on hand for the Brawl of the Wild there uh, in Bozeman. Uh, Sam, let's start there. First of all, thanks for being here, man. Uh, but second, what did you think? I know that uh, you've dabbled in the rivalry before, but uh, a unique afternoon uh, followed by a unique morning with College Game Day in Bozeman. What did you think of your trip uh, there to Bobcat Stadium? Yeah, it was one of the probably the, the most fun trip I've had uh, for the rivalry game. I was in Bozeman in 2019, and then I was in Missoula last year to, to take, you know, I was told I had to had, I had to take in both sides of the rivalry and make sure I, I get to Bozeman uh, and to Missoula. Uh, but yeah, making it back to Bozeman this year with college game day, uh, being there just added so much more energy to it. You know, just the, the buzz around town, the, the signs uh, around town as well, welcoming college game day. Um, and just, you know, seeing the set, seeing the mountains in the background, seeing the, the amount of people there. And, uh, you know, I, I did warm up a little bit <laughs> during the show, uh, in, in the press box, it was just kind of funny seeing people kind of walking back and forth from the tailgating lots uh, to the game day set and, and back and forth. And then being down there on the grounds too, you know, just, you know, people carrying 
you know, 12 packs of Coors Light, you know, on, on the game day set or not on the set, but on the grounds there. Just, um, it, I think it's the, the lead up to the game is already so intense, but just having that game day uh, crew there and, and then broadcasting that, I think it just amped it up so much more. And then on the football field, uh, a resounding statement by the host Bobcats. And uh, I thought that game could go a whole bunch of different ways. I've covered a whole bunch of them, Sam. And they seem to always go away. Maybe you don't expect, but I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Uh, I think that a lot of people were on the Cats and thought the Cats would have an opportunity to win and, and secure a Big Sky title, but I don't think anybody saw uh, zero punts and 55 points and 439 yards rushing. What did you think of the game? Yeah, it, it, that, that has been the one quote-unquote curse uh, of the last three games I've been to. They've all been, you know, blowouts for for the most part, 2019 last year and this year. But I it seems like every week on the on the show here when I'm on it, we always kind of seem to talk about how just how dominant that offensive line, that new look offensive line, has been for Montana State and and how Montana State is getting it done in a multitude of ways with different ball carriers. And then this week. Uh, you know, I, I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that's the first time they rolled out the chambers behind center. Malak goes in motion, you know, read option, fake the handoff, fake the jet sweep. Like I, I haven't seen that yet uh, from Montana State this year. So um, just a, a new wrinkle there. Um, and, you know, doing that against a Montana defense that still has a lot of star power to it and, and statistically has been very good uh, against the run this year. Uh, just a, an incredibly impressive performance there for Montana State. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joining us. At MGM as well. Sam's a senior FCS analyst covering the uh, FCS on a national level. He's joined us uh, weekly throughout the season. And Sam, I think that talking to you all year has been pretty interesting too because, uh, as you know, University of Montana has uh, among the most passionate and crazy fan bases of any FCS school. I mean, they have a big-time fan base, no question about it. And uh, they're also very active vocal opinionated on on the Twitter machine and uh, various other portions of the internet and uh, so it's 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 easy and they also have a head coach who you know walks with a lot of bravado and and uh, is pretty uh terse with his words at times and so I, I often think that in Montana and especially here in Missoula where we're broadcasting from a lot of times the opinion here of the Grizz is a little bit different than the opinion it is outside of the state of Montana. And you have been a little bit skeptical of the Grizz. I remember all the way back to late September. I mean, I remember when you were on and we were talking about the Portland State homecoming game, you said that you thought Montana needed to make a statement. Well, they did in that game, but it was shaky pretty much ever since. Yet the Grizz do get into the playoffs. So we'll start there in terms of the playoff conversation. Uh, that had to be among one of your big surprises, right? That the, the, that when the 2014 bracket came out, Montana was in it. Yeah, it, it was a surprise, but it was it was probably more of a prisoner of the moment thing uh, as far as being surprised because even when Montana had their three game losing streak, and I did my weekly bracketology, I I still wrote in there that I do think Montana is going to lose to Montana State. Uh, but I think they're going to win the rest of their games, and I do think Montana is going to get in at seven and four. Uh, and, and I felt that way last week at this time. And you know, when I published that, a, a lot of people across the country, a lot of fans of other teams, you know, we're always saying, I don't, I don't think Montana should get, in, get should get in at, at seven and four. Who who had they beaten? And I just said, well, you know, it's quality losses. Lucas Johnson was out and all that, and, and so I think the Grizz will get in at seven and four. Well, as I was watching the game, uh, again, maybe prisoner over the moment, I was saying, you know, the, the playoff committee is watching this game right now together in Indianapolis, and I just I can't imagine how the Grizz are looking. It is going to, you know, that, that could be maybe the, the final nail in, in the coffin, so to speak, for Montana to get in, and this performance, you know, is, is certainly uh, going to hurt them. And, uh, you know, obviously that, that wasn't the case. Uh, the Grizz still got in at 7-4. and four. Uh, I think there was probably some results that, that shook out Montana's way as far as, you know, Chattanooga, they lost. If they would have won, they would have had eight Division One wins. They probably would have gotten in and said they got left out. Youngstown State a couple weeks ago lost to uh, Missouri State. Had they won that game, they would have had eight Division One wins. Maybe they would have uh, gotten in instead. Uh, Idaho, or not Idaho, um, UC Davis-Saxe was a 50-50 game later that night this last week, and UC Davis almost won. Had they won, then maybe Montana wouldn't have made uh, the brackets. Because uh, I do know that uh, North Dakota State AD 
Matt Larson, uh, who was on the playoff committee, uh, he said in a local interview that the last two teams in were the University of North Dakota and Montana. Uh, so the Grizz just barely uh, got in, and um, you know now it's uh, you know I, I think they can maybe make a statement here this week, and that shows they did deserve to get in by uh, you know beating up on a CMO team. Any other surprises outside the Big Sky Conference before we start talking just exclusively Big Sky Conference in the playoffs? Well, it was every year. It's hard to project the, the bracket like I try to do because every year things change and the committee changes and the playoff chair, uh, the committee chair changes, and there's different philosophies and while the, the the criteria and what they look at is all the same, you know, sometimes they take an objective approach as far as let's just base things off a resume or sometimes they take a subjective uh approach to it where they say yeah this team has a better resume but we think this other team uh is better due uh, to the naked eye um and so i was a little i was very surprised that montana state was seated uh, ahead of north dakota state uh, i was very surprised that weaver state did not get a seed um and there was just some other stuff too in there it, you know just the with the committee chair you know he, he talked about how you know, the, the the committee doesn't see what playoff bids are. They don't know what they are, uh, but they do know what teams are going to bid a lot. And the fact that he said that is a factor while not the factor, uh, you know, I thought was was pretty surprising that he said that uh, about Montana, that, you know, one of their their, their high bid amount that we knew it was going to be high, uh, that was a factor in us putting them in. I thought that was pretty surprising. Uh, there's also um, the news out there, too, that UND actually had the higher bid to host uh, than Weber State. Uh, but the highest bid doesn't always have to get the home game in the first round. Sometimes they could they could look at other things. Um, and the committee decided to give Weber State uh, the home the, the home game instead of UND uh, due to performance and because yeah. they felt Weber deserved uh, you know that bid. But that that's never been done in the past. They are allowed to do that, but mm-hmm. they've never done that in the past. And so that's more of a, su- a subjective thing instead of just straight up UND bid the more money they get the home they get the home bid. So just a, a lot of things that were different this year that uh, I guess I, I questioned a little bit. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuanas Now. You're listening to ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Yeah, that that whole part of it is, is so interesting, Sam. And um, I, I, I guess... If if the committee is going to say on the record and and uh, the the chairman of the committee Truax who went on the record with the Missouli and and I I think others maybe even you um, basically said exactly what you just said, uh, but then they also say that they sort of compare teams just based on uh, overall talent and and ability and accomplishment and all those sorts of things, and that's what just then is sort of perplexing as to if you're going to put weight into teams that are playing really well down the stretch particularly your most recent performance, it seems as if the most recent performance for both the Cats and the Grizz would have impacts on them, the Cats positively, and certainly thrust them to a uh, number two or three seed, and the Grizz certainly negatively and out of the playoffs. But it uh, sounds like you know, money does factor in for sure. But I, I just feel like that the, the other justification, though, like what, how you're playing right now and, and what you look like as an overall team with an overall body of work, that seems to also not be in Montana's favor. Yeah, and that's, again, it goes back to the every year things kind of change. And I know in the past when they were talking about why this team got in, why this team didn't get in, they would say, well, we looked at this team and they ended the game or they ended the season on a four-game winning streak. We felt that they were playing their best at the end and deserved to to make the playoffs. That, that wasn't the case this year with – with with Montana, who had right. a, a bad performance against Montana State, Delaware got in, but they lost three of their last four games, including this last weekend to unranked Villanova. So there was kind of a, a flip flop there. A flip flop there. Um, yeah. And as far as you know, Montana, I, I don't think you know if they if they were lost by whatever seventeen points instead of what sure. it was, you know, I won't disagree as much of Montana getting in. And like I said, I always felt like they were going to get in at seven and four, yeah. just with the, the result and how they played. That was when I was kind of like, okay, maybe they don't, maybe they don't deserve to get in. But I do think ninety eight percent of the reason Montana got in is because they, they do truly believe Montana is better than Chattanooga and Youngstown State and Rhode Island, which, which is fair. Um, and I do think they they looked at the fact that Montana barely lost it to some to some highly ranked teams on the road without their starting quarterback. And I do think that is fair. Um, 
if they were if the, if the committee chair would have just left it at that, I don't think it would have been so controversial. But the, the but the fact that he said, and right. we do take bids into consideration. Right. We we know you know who's gonna. While we don't see what the bid amount is, we do know you know who's gonna have a good home field environment. Who's gonna bid a lot, even yeah. though we don't know the exact number. If he would have just not said that, then everything would have been good. But just the fact that it was a factor. Not the factor, but a factor, I think, is where everyone's like, well, that sounds a little shady right there. Right. So I, I think that, that, that's, that, that's maybe my biggest beef is just the, the, the bidding comment more than actual Montana, you know, getting in. Because, again, at last, week, last week at this time, I thought the Grizz were, gonna get in, were going to get in at 7-4. and four. Sam Herder, Hero Sports here on Nuanas. I know just the weighing of the quality losses is what breaks my brain. Like the Grizz went... Uh, I mean, the Grizz went three and four down the stretch, and their three wins are over the three worst teams in the Big Sky, and arguably two of the worst teams in the country, particularly on defense in Cal Poly and Eastern Washington. So, uh, you know, it's if those are your only three wins over the last two months, and uh, then you also uh, don't have a quality win, and you're weighing quality losses. I don't know; it's tough. But at the other day, I get it. Mo- you know, money rules the world. I, I went on a podcast the other night, and. Uh, you know, Andrew Schmidt said it harshly. He said, if the other schools weren't poor, they wouldn't be in this situation. And I know that that's a, <laughs> that's a harder, harsher way to, to say it. But uh, I don't want to get stuck on the grid, Sam. I want to talk about some of the other stuff in the Big Sky Conference in this bracket. We know what the Cats got. They're going to play North Dakota or Weber State. Uh, likely going to be a rematch uh, against the Wildcats. We can come back to that one a little while. Montana plays at SEMO, or excuse me, SEMO plays at Montana uh, on Saturday night. But I want to ask you about the Idaho uh, Southeastern Louisiana game. Sela came to Missoula a couple years ago and uh, got completely boat raced. But uh, I, I, I'm sure that they're not uh, the same squad as they were in uh, 2019. A, a team out of the Southland. What do we know about this matchup? What do you think of the Vandals going on the road there uh, to the Bayou? Yeah, th- this is going to be a really interesting matchup because. Yeah, South, Southeastern did go to uh, Montana a few years ago. Last year, they went to James Madison. And when you see these more high-flying Southland offenses go up against teams that have a more physical presence to them, that have a physical front seven, that usually has not has not panned out. So that's why I'm super intrigued with this game. I, I certainly do think Idaho can go on the road and get a win. You know, a little surprised uh, that Southeastern is the host site. You know, I had heard that that Idaho uh, was was wanting to put in a big bid, so I'm not sure what what happened there. Maybe Southeastern just has a, a really competitive bid as well. But I I do think this is a good opportunity for for Idaho to get a win here because matchup wise, I do think it favors. You know, uh, the matchup wise, I do think it favors Idaho compared to if Idaho had to play like a Weber State. Maybe that's not as favorable as a matchup. But going to a high flying offense. I think Idaho has the, the front seven to, to kind of slow that down a little bit. And then on that, that bottom corner of the bracket, it, it is North Dakota at Weber State. We know what Weber State is. I mean, standard Jay Hill team, really good on defense, multiple running backs, a good offensive line, uh, really, really talented in the defensive secondary, and uh, a lot of good depth. Also maybe sort of just average uh, defensively. We, we kind of know what the breakdown of the Wildcats is. We uh, We also know that I mean, basically, one of the reasons they didn't get a seat is because of the the completely unlikely four snaps out of the back of the end zone game in Bozeman. But North Dakota, in the Missouri Valley, we used to cover them pretty heavily because they were really good in the Big Sky Conference. We covered them at Skyline Sports a lot. What can you tell us about this year's uh, Bubba Schweiger squad from UND? Yeah, it is a little... This year's team is built a little bit different uh, for UND. Not very good defensively. They allow a lot of points. They allow a lot of big plays. Uh, they aren't as big or physical on the defensive line. Uh, they, they usually have some really good linebackers. Maybe maybe their guys aren't aren't up to par this year. And on offense, they they kind of wing it around a little bit. They spread the ball out. Tommy Schuster uh, is a good quarterback for them. Uh, you know they 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 get the ball out of his hand quick. They they take some shots down the field, but it's not necessarily. You know, a few years ago, they had John Santiago and Brady Oliveira, and they would run the ball, you know, 60 times a game, whatever it was. Uh, that's not necessarily the case this year for this UND squad, which, uh, again, playoffs are all about matchups, and uh, UND, for them to get success, they do have uh, a decent physical uh, uh, rushing attack uh, when they want to utilize it, but they, they do most of their damage through the air, and they're going up against arguably the best secondary in the FCS on the road. So it, it's, it's looking like it should be a Weber State win. 
setting up for a, a, a really, really uh, competitive second-round game there in Bozeman. Sam Herter, Hero Sports here uh, on Nuanas Now. Uh, so that covers the first-round teams. Uh, last one then for you, Sam, Sacramento State. They get a bye. They're the two-seed. The Cats are the four-seed. As we know, they await uh, Weber State, North Dakota. Sac State gets Richmond or Davidson. What can you tell about tell us about that Richmond-Davidson matchup? Yeah, it should be a Richmond win. Uh, Davidson is is out of the Pioneer Football League, so that's that's um, a non-scholarship league. San Diego ran that that league for a long time, and they usually match up with a Big Sky team uh, and actually beat a couple of Big Sky teams. I think it was Cal Poly one year, yeah, Northern Arizona um, one year, Northern Arizona. Yep. So it's there's. You know, it's not awful by any means. You know, Davidson runs the triple option. They got some talented players. And so, you know, a Pioneer Football League can beat a team from the Big Shot or the CAA every now and then. But Richmond is solid. They have they have a solid run defense. Uh, that, that shouldn't be too much of an issue for Richmond uh, to get a home win here and, and, and then fly uh, across the country to play Sac State. Well, Sam, you keep getting more and more valuable as the season progresses. This is awesome. I love having somebody that can tell us about these teams. And uh, keep it up, man. You amaze me with all your knowledge. Sam Herter, Hero Sports here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, uh, and the ESPN MT app. Sam joins us to lead each Wednesday show here uh, on Nuanas Now. Sam, uh, thanks so much for being here, man. I'm sure it's going to be a busy Saturday for you, but happy Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy it, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week, but thanks for coming on. Yeah, I always appreciate you having me on. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, and we'll talk next week. There you go. Sam Herter. Follow up on Twitter, at Sam Herter. Uh, the guy is a wealth of information, man. I, I tell you, I actually could, I could say this pretty definitively. I don't think it's possible to cover more than just a conference on an in-depth level, but it's also nearly impossible to cover the country on as in-depth of a level as Sam does. I know he's not like he's not going to give you the, all the ins and outs and details of all the rosters, and and that's what a lot of the the fans and readers really really want. That's why you come to Skyline Sports or you know you come to ESPN Missoula, uh, but his ability to know the trends and and broad. Uh, identities of all of the competitive teams in the FCS is is downright impressive. What does one of our lead analysts at Skyline Sports have to say about the Cat Grizz game? Ty Gregorak, the main man on the Big Sky Breakdown, as well as the color commentator for the television broadcast uh, of Bobcat football games. He'll join us next. It's our Montana State Minute coming at you. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio. Just found that one the other day. It's a good one. Don't you love when you find new songs? I will say, I think the uh, the advent of the algorithm will be the demise of man. But when it comes to teaching you about new music, okay, I'm here for it. Nothing we can do about it anyways. Might as well just ride the wave. Welcome back to Wands Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's time for our Montana State Minute. It's an excerpt from the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, which we'll put out tomorrow, the Big Sky Breakdown, uh, SkylineSportsMT.com. But this is about the Bobcat-Grizzly game and a lot about the Montana State Bobcats. So it's our Montana State Minute. It's presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. J&V Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, 
you can score big with J&V. Everything you will need for your next tailgate or that big family party, hint, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, can be found at one of J&V's three locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. Can't make it in? J&V also has a pretty great website, jvrestaurant.com. It's also a Wednesday, so that means we have a free six-pack of beer and a free sandwich courtesy of Warden's Market. So call us right now. Call number 4-406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now. Six-pack of beer of your choice, a sandwich of your choice, courtesy of Warden's Market, Missoula's oldest grocery store. Well, Big Sky Breakdown, and now we are into the playoffs, Thanksgiving on the horizon. So maybe you're listening to this while you're enjoying your second or third or fourth plate of turkey. Uh, We have transitioned in my family to just a little bit of turkey and a big old prime rib. And uh, it is pretty pretty good, pretty good on our end. Uh, I really like the transition. We're joined by Ty Gregorak, longtime uh, assistant coach throughout the Big Sky Conference, as well as now the uh, color commentator for the TV broadcast for Montana State football. Coach Ty, what's the, what's the Thanksgiving menu like at the Gregorak house? You know, it's funny you were just talking about that because uh, I'm a big prime rib guy myself. I, I, I like turkey. I don't love turkey. I, I'll, I'll be just fully transparent. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we're packing up the car. We're going to head west. You know, my grandparents are still in Spokane. My my folks and some other family are on Coeur d'Alene Lake now, and I don't know what I don't know what's on the docket this year. I really don't. We we always, uh, you know, when you get married and you start having kids, culture, you're getting old, you got to divide and conquer and go visit certain families, certain times, and so we're going to go west for Thanksgiving and head east uh, a couple days prior to Christmas. We're 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 a little bit. Uh, traditional and that we like to get our kids home and in their own bed uh and and do santa and stuff uh in our own house and and so we'll go to huntley and billings for a couple days and come back christmas eve and get them in their own beds and we the gregor acts will be serving prime rib and uh so as always long answer to a short question but i'm a prime rib guy too man that's all i'll say well, I think that uh, no matter what Montana State will be enjoying, they'll be enjoying it thoroughly because uh, they got a full-course meal and they handed it straight to the Grizzlies on Saturday. So I've talked about this already for hours as we record here on a Wednesday, done multiple podcasts and multiple radio shows. And uh, so I think people know what I have to say. What was your perspective from up in the TV booth for the 121st Brawl of the Wild? Uh, I, I said this coming out of halftime on the broadcast. I can't remember if I said surprised or shocked or both because I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, when, when you figure in the last two times that the Grizz, led by Coach Bobby Houck, have been to Bozeman, the score has been 103-35. to 35. That's the last two times they've come to Bozeman. So I, I just, I I... I guess I had a lot. I held the Grizz defense in a lot higher regard myself, you know. And listen to Coach Houck, you know, talk about the plus one run game on the perimeter. Do you know what that's called, Coulter? Some guy kicking some other guy's ass. That's right. One on one zone block. I mean, no, I'm serious. It's it's outside zone. It is blo- It is it is hat on hat. Brian Armstrong's offensive line whipping their front's offensive line. That's what it is. And rub blocking up to that second level and, and trying to, you know, get that that front, you know, however you want to deem it in, in in that style of defense, you know, we'll call it the front seven. I'm air quoting it, but I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, it was to take a page out of Bobby Hogg. That was beat down Saturday, man. I mean, that, that's kind of what our our goal always was was to just go curb stomp them and beat them, you know, into a pulp. Well, that's what happened to the Grizz on Saturday. Well, I know that Montana. They, they run this this defensive system that's it's high pressure, it's unorthodox. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. Paul Wolf, the uh, longtime Big Sky coach who spent time as the head coach of Eastern Washington and has been back in the league lately with first at Sacramento State, now at Cal Poly, 
he called it the triple option of, of defenses. And I don't think it's necessarily like that in premise, but it is in sort of originality. Like it's, you know, once a year when Cal Poly used to run the triple option, you had to prepare for this unique defense. And it was always a headache. But if you got it down, I mean, it, it led to, you know, pretty mediocre level of success. I'm not saying that it's uh, the Grizz are stuck in the mud like that, but it is an interesting parallel, an interesting analogy. That aside, it's also been very tried and true over the last several years that Montana's going to run their system, and that's it. And that personnel adjustments or schematic adjustments are not a part of the deal. And it, it's truly mystifying to me because I think that modern-day football, I think that Personnel packages are, are such a huge part of the deal because offenses can run so much. They can run. I mean, look at what Montana State does. They run like the same eight plays out of 9,000 different formations with 10 million different motions and 14 different guys that carry the ball. But that, all that said, I was just so taken aback that the Grizz decided to play a light at sometimes five-man and at the maximum six-man box with five DBs on the field, a, a true nickel and a true rover against a team that's running too tight and a fullback and threw the ball eight times. And then, I mean, they ran the ball 68 times, Ty, and they never played a nine-man box. How? it's It was crazy to watch. We, we were kind of putting bets, like, between me, Ben, and Marty up there, like, if and when they were actually going to attempt a throw. Uh, I mean, seriously, because it was just the first 20 plays, you know, 20 minutes of the game or whatever, it's just ground, pound, ground, pound, you know. But uh, but I'll say this, though, too, Coulter, and maybe you've talked about it. I I, I haven't got to tune into any of your uh, shows yet this week. I did read your article, which was excellent the other day, but the, the, the Bobcats have won five out of six, correct? That's right, what, five out of six. What is that? What is the rushing in the five wins? <laughs> what what are they averaging on the ground? Like three hundred and sixty yards or something? It's it's insane. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I think that the, the I'll tell you this. I don't know the exact average number, but I'll tell you this: the lowest amount of rushing yards that Montana State has had against Montana during those five wins was the two hundred and thirty nine yards they had in the Miracle in Missoula game, twenty eighteen, in okay. uh, at, at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Two thirty nine is the lowest. But they had, let's see, it's right off the top of my head. They had the 358 in 2016, uh, 239 in uh, 2018. They rushed for 300 plus in 2017. Can't remember that exact number. And then, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the high water mark before on Saturday was 368, what they had in 2019. And uh, then on Saturday, they go for 439. So, yeah, I mean, it is definitely well over 350, if not creeping up towards 375 or 400. So, so, so Coulter, when you get 400 yards of, you know, when you get 400 yards of anything, but in particular, when you get 400 yards of passing on you, that's kind of embarrassing. When you get 400 plus on the ground against you, that's demoralizing. And that, that was, I mean, you could just see it. I mean, it was, you know, <laughs> you know at the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter, Bobby's yelling at everybody to come up and get in their little powwow. They were done. They, they were toast. It didn't matter if Lucas Johnson or Britt or whoever was at quarterback. They were done. And it was fascinating to watch, man. I don't, I don't know what else to say. You know, you've got me and, and Marty Morningwig up there, and we met, you know, we did our little preview thing in Butte. We went for two hours. You know, they cut, they chopped it up into four minutes and 30 seconds. But we went for two hours watching watching the Grizz and, 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 and Cats O-D-S-T. And... You and I have talked about it all year. Like, the Bobcats kind of know who they are, and when they try to, like, like you almost see them trying to do certain stuff, and, and that's either against weak opponents that they're, that they're just throttling, or they're trying to get a little something going against a good opponent, but it usually doesn't work out very good. I'm talking about play action, RPO, taking some, taking some deep shots or back, back shoulder shots. But when they're running inside and outside zone and mixing in a little power counter, which they don't even run as much as they used to, honestly, that's the stuff that used to. That's the stuff that diced the Grizz defense a few years ago. Now they're just running zone at them, and you know, with with, with uh, you know, with with what touchdown Tommy can do with his, with his hips, legs, and feet, it's remarkable. When we talked about him in the open, I mean, he's just flat dynamic. And then you get a big healthy 
Sean Chambers back, that one-two punch is incredible, man. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, it. I'll say this. I mean, I, I'll always give the Grizz uh, the advantage at home, I, I, you know, here in the playoffs. And I, I'll be in Coeur d'Alene. I told my mom, I don't care what we do that day, but I, I, I want to be watching ESPN2 at 7, 7 o'clock Pacific. But if they don't play dramatically better, they'll lose. They'll lose Saturday. Uh, yeah, Saturday night. They got to play better because that that was just bad. I mean, like, but like you talked about in the game, they they have when things are good, they are unstoppable. When things are bad, I mean, it's uh, it was just it was crazy to watch. I mean, it was crazy to watch them tackle and and the angles at which they were pursuing. I I, get, I gave a lot of love, like I always do, to Army's O line. But those guys were just running through tackles and outrunning defenders to, to, to you know, to at different angles and stuff. I mean, you watch the game. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I, it was and – then, and then your article, and I've seen a couple articles, it's just like, huh, what happened between the white lines is really just the icing on the cake. I mean, between – That's right. If you're just really evaluating – if you're just evaluating these two programs right now and these two towns and – Hey, man, I love Missoula, Montana. You know that. I, I'll always love Missoula and, and hold it in high regard. But I don't know. The stars aligned for game day to come. It was a, it was a cold but clear, beautiful day. It, it looked and sounded like the game day dudes loved their experience here. And I don't know. I mean, it was it was a rocking till I mean till hours after the game. I mean, hours after the game, people are you know having having there was a band, there was you know tailgating going. I was just a it's a great day to be a Bobcat, no doubt. And, and you know, if, if you're a Grizz, you're sitting there going, thank God we made the playoffs. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, when I started seeing some of those teams coming out at seven and fours and even a six, I'm like, the Grizz will make this. I mean, they'll, they'll get in. Ken Haslam's on the committee. You know you're going to get at least, you know, 15 grand probably on, on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh been in the playoff system a long time, you know, with both schools. Once I started seeing seven and fours coming out, I knew Montana would, would get in myself. But in, in a lot of respects, they're lucky to get in too, just because of the way they, they played in, you know, essentially four out of their last five games, you know, in particular that last one, you know, when you're, you know, you know how it is when you watch the dang power five and like, well, who's hot right now? You know, who, who's, who, who's the best complete team? Well, as of right now, Montana doesn't look like that. So, so in my mind, I think they should have probably made it. I think they're still probably a little lucky they made it, just the way they showed out in that last game against their arch rival. Well, let's talk about the cat side of things just for a minute. What is the upward potential uh, of this Montana State team? I mean, I think no one thought they were going to be as good as they were last year, except Brent Vegan. He's told everybody in the world that they're better than they were a year ago. Nobody believed him until all of a sudden there ain't no one Big Sky Conference play. They got Conference Championship for the first time in 10 years, and they got a top seed in the playoffs. So what's the uh, what's the ceiling of this Bobcat team going in the playoffs? I, I, I they, they did everything uh, correctly to get to where they are. Some would say they should have even been one, been one seed higher. And, and, and I don't know what your opinion on that is either, but whatever. Um, they they get this week off, which is such a night. You know, you get that first round by man. Oof, I mean that that is huge. It is huge. Now I'll say this though, I still believe Weber State's a damn good football team, and you never know. You know, I think I think in some ways they got lucky to get that home game against North Dakota. Not not lucky. They're they're still a nine and two outfit with with losses to Montana State and Sac State. But just in, in having had to do this multiple times throughout my career in the Big Sky, it is tough. It is tough to beat a team twice in the same season. And then you go back to that Weber State game, which isn't as long, as long ago as you think. You know, think about that game. A kickoff, return for a touchdown. A punt return, return for a touchdown. A block field goal. Uh, and, oh, by the way, a football record of four snaps over the kid's head to equal four safeties and eight points, and they won by five, Montana State, that is. Now, they still rushed the ball for 347 yards and just dominated the front like they did against Montana. So I think, personally, if they can get out of the – I'm, I'm assuming it's Weber State. Who knows? North, I know North Dakota's a good football team, too. But – that second, that Weber State game should be one hell of a matchup. If they can get by Weber, 
in that in that second round, I like I, li- I like them to make another run. I really do. But they got you know we'll see we'll see what happens here in a couple weeks. We will certainly see what happens in a couple weeks. But the FCS playoffs start this weekend for Big Sky teams. Idaho at Southeastern Louisiana. Weber State hosts North Dakota. Montana hosts Southeast Missouri State. That was Ty Gregorak on our Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant is your home for everything kitchen. Three locations in Montana, Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. And if you can't make it in, JNV has a great website as well, jvrestaurant.com. What's going on with Grizz Hockey? How about some wings? How about some history? We'll get the eating started a day early. Dozen Wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Next, keep it right here. Go on is now ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. John Hyatt. Straight fire. Love it. Just discovered it the other day. Been loving him. Go check out John Hyatt. Super cool. Uh, Wing Wednesday, presented by Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Desperado, they're uh, on... Russell Street, right across from the YMCA. Best wings in the city of Missoula. You don't believe me. Well, it's been voted on by you, the uh, Missoula and Montana wing-consuming public, many times over. So um, they are one of our most loyal and long-term sponsors here, and we give you an opportunity to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Uh, each and every Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. So let's do it right now. Call number 3-406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number 3. We have a dozen wings, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. I'm scrolling my phone here because I forgot my computer at my lady friend's house. <laughs> and so I'm just like a blind man without his glasses. You know, just to, I just like to stat check the stuff real quick before I spew it out. So uh, I'll try to not mess this up. We usually talk some Grizz hockey, and we will again right now, but the Grizz hockey team on their uh, Thanksgiving break. But they uh, they had a post on Twitter. That's what I was scrolling for uh, earlier today, all about breaking into the top 15 in uh, the national poll. So that's pretty cool. And uh, they're off to a great start. They went 4-0 at the Beehive Classic last weekend. So I think that brings their record to 13-4. and That's what I was trying to <laughs> That's what I was trying to stat check here. So let's see. I'm, I'm, getting, there. I'm getting there on Facebook, you know. Um, here we go. 4-0 weekend at the Beehive Showcase. I said 13-4, and 15-4, and they ranked number 14 in the country. So I had, I had my broad details right. Uh, but pretty good for Grizz Hockey, and they're only their second year of action. So uh, certainly been fun to follow them. And you can always find Grizz Hockey for their home games here uh, on ESPN Radio. And uh, you can also always find Grizz Hockey home and away on the ESPN MT app. So uh, we'll be back to giving away Grizz Hockey stuff as soon as they are back in action. But they're off this weekend for Thanksgiving. So hopefully they and everybody else out there enjoys it. But number 14 in the country, 15-4 and four overall, not bad early on for the uh, the Grizz hockey team. Something we haven't done in a little while, but that we do from time to time to help uh, educate all of uh, the fine peoples out there, including myself. I learn a lot in this as well. But I have this awesome book, and my goal was to get through it this year. We've been doing this since the beginning of 2020. This book is The 100 Greatest Sports Heroes. It's Copyright 1954, so you're talking about almost 70 years old. And this book highlights athletes from 1954, and it has 145 pages in it. 
Well, we're on page 106, so I think that we can get through it by the end of the year. It just goes in alphabetical order. Uh, we'll just do one today, one history lesson. But it's funny because, you know, s- some uh, letters are obviously more common than other letters, especially in names. But uh, the, the funnest part of this experiment, the most fun part of this experiment, is that some of these people, some of these athletes that are highlighted, completely unforgettable and everybody knows exactly who they are. Others, maybe some know, others don't, and others have been completely forgotten over the last seven decades. But then when you read about why they were one of the 100 greatest athletes, you're like, wow, that person should definitely be remembered. But we're into the R's, and so we're into uh, a couple in a row that have been sort of like, oh, yeah, for sure, everybody knows that guy. Namely, the last time we did one of these, it was Jackie Robinson. Today, we'll do Ray Robinson. That's Sugar Ray Robinson, for those keeping track. And uh, the next two after that, Newt Rockney, the uh, legendary Notre Dame football coach, and then probably the most famous person in this book when this book came out is Babe Ruth. So we'll do those a little later on. Spoiler alert for those ones coming up. But uh, today's history lesson about Ray Robinson, that Sugar Ray Robinson, one of the great uh, middleweight boxers in the history of boxing. For uh, a, a long moment in time, he held the... the uh, the coveted title of best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. So let's read you a little bit of this. He's a sweet fighter, sweet as sugar. That's what the boxing fans thought of Ray Robinson as a fighting man, and that is why they called him Sugar Ray Robinson. The story of Sugar Ray Robinson is essentially the tale of an unhappy, lonely, and ragged urchin who used to dance in the Harlem streets for the pennies that meant the difference between a little hunger and downright starvation. Wow. Often enough, the boy had to fight the bigger fellows who tried to grab up his pennies. In doing so, he learned how to handle himself quite well. One thing led to another. He started boxing as an amateur. Although his real name was Walker Smith, he assumed the ring name Robinson because Bill Robinson, world-famous tap dancer, was his idol. As an amateur boxer, Sugar Ray ran up a phenomenal record. He participated in 90 bouts and made a clean sweep of them all. Then in 1939, he won the Golden Gloves title as a featherweight and was ready to turn pro. Three years later, he won the welterweight championship of the world. He never lost in the ring. When his 147-pound division ran out of challengers, Ray sought out new worlds to conquer. He went after the middleweight crown and won that too. In 11 years of pro boxing, Ray Robinson never suffered the uh, ignominy of a knockout. One of the most poignant events of his career came when he attempted to win the light heavyweight crown. On a summer night, he was leading by a good margin after 13 rounds when the 104-degree temperature in the ring caused him to collapse in the corner before the next round could start. Ray Robinson retired as the undefeated middleweight champion of the world. In the opinion of experts, he was, pound for pound and inch for inch, the greatest fighter in the history of the world. Amazing. Love the history lesson. Also love you for listening and following along. Congratulations to our winner. Dozen Wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We do that each and every Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. Appreciate the Despo. Appreciate you for listening along. Hour one of Nuanas Now in the books. Hour two coming at you. All Big Sky football teams are out. We shall debate. Plus, Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. Give us some laughs and some commentary. All that next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.